You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at a piece of data, economic data from the South African economy. It is, of course, CPI, the monthly event. The rate of CPI inflation, that's consumer price inflation, increased to 3.2% year on year in July. That's up from 2.2% in June. And I think up from the May figure, which was the low of 2.1%. On the telephone now is the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg, and that is Annabelle Bishop. It did go down to 2.1%, did not it, Annabelle? Yeah, yes, yes, it did. And, you know, that's that's a historical low for it. Well, you know, the series has only really been recorded since 2008, 2009. And, of course, you know, a very low figure. But we know that the petrol price was cut by over four rand a litre this year, you know, on the back of the collapse in the oil price. And, of course, that pushed it down materially. And, of course, now with the big petrol price hikes uh, in, in, the, in the last couple of months, it's obviously turned it around. Yes, and there's also the base effect, of course. I mean, people will say, well, 2.2 to 3.2, that's a 1% gain, and that's probably around about, I don't know, I'm not very good at maths, but you know what I mean. It is quite a, a big jump, but it was it was predicted. And let's not forget that 3.2% is still only just above the lower end of the Reserve Bank's target range of 3 to 6%. Oh, yes. You know, I think it's completely neutral for interest rates. Uh, you know, the, the midpoint of the target rate is obviously four and a half, as you mentioned. And of course, the Reserve Bank targets um, out 18 months. It doesn't target inflation, you know, what it is today or in fact what it came out, you know, last month in July. It obviously looks ahead. And of course, you know, looking ahead 12 to 18 months, you know, really gives gives them a sense of, you know, any changes they do in interest rates, you know, the impact will be felt then in, in that future period. And of course, as I said, you know, this really gives them a sense of whether they should do an adjustment or not. And, you know, their forecast is around 4.5%, you know, in 18 months' time. Ours is pretty similar as well. So I think, you know, this figure today is, is fairly neutral. In fact, their forecast is fairly neutral as well. What will be really important for them will rather be GDP growth. And of course, you know, we've got a GDP contraction in the second quarter of about 50%. You know, we had 48.2%. We're now probably looking close to 53%, still around 50%. And of course, you know, the Reserve Bank anticipated this. They cut interest rates, you know, by around 3% this year. And that was in expectation of such a very weak um, GDP outcome. Yes, indeed. And of course, those GDP numbers, horrific as they are, that lends itself to the theory that as demand is so low in South Africa at the moment, for various reasons, both domestic and international, means that inflation is likely to stay under control for quite a while, never mind what the rand does, never mind what the oil price does, although they obviously are important contributing factors. Well, I suppose sadly, you know, state increase, state state controlled prices have become increasingly important, you know, over the past decade. You know, your electricity price, your water price, your municipal rates and taxes, you know, and those have been, you know, towards the double digit mark. And of course, that still puts upward pressure on inflation, as would, you know, any increase in oil prices and fuel prices. And of course, you know, with the global economy expected to recover this year, but certainly more strongly next year, that would you know, we've certainly seen commodity prices already lift quite materially in July and August. You would expect to see the oil price, you know, lifting further. And of course, that would then place upward pressure on inflation in South Africa. So, you know, we expect inflation to drift towards 4% this year. But of course, you know, anchor more firmly above 4% next year. Core inflation, and that takes out energy and food components, is at the same level as consumer price inflation. I haven't seen that for a while. No, and of course that does obviously show you that you know there has been some volatility figures in the past, a consequence of food and fuel and other components in the CPI. The core obviously excludes these, and I suppose it just really gives an indication that you know inflation is very weak, it's very low at the moment, but obviously it's not something that's likely to persist forever.
No, it's not. And uh, that's where your job becomes increasingly difficult because although things are changing on a day-to-day basis, you have to look forward. And you're talking around about 4%. What was your time period? You said 4% for CPI in what, the next uh, 12 to 18 months? I can't remember what you said. I said probably over the course of next year, you know, it's around about 4 4.5%. I think our exact forecast at the moment is 4.2%. But, you know, obviously, um, that's an average for the, obviously, you're going to get some months higher and lower. Looking at all this and looking at the rather boring inflation, I I like a bit of boredom when it comes to inflation. I'd rather have it here and be rather boring than going up to 12% one month and 8% the next, that sort of thing. It means that there is likely to be, to my mind, likely to be a neutral interest rate environment having seen all the cuts and um, had all the cuts that we've had from the South African Reserve Bank. Is that your base case as well? Uh, certainly for the rest of this year. Maybe I wouldn't call it a neutral interest rate environment because the Reserve Bank would say interest rates are highly accommodative. You know, they tend to say that um, the neutral interest rate, you know, certainly in real terms, well, is around 2%. But obviously, if you have a look at it, where we are now sitting with inflation, 3% to a neutral interest rate would be around 5%. Now, clearly, the repo rate's not at that. It's closer to 3.5%. The Reserve Bank would say the Interest rate environment is extremely accommodatory. Data that's not neutral, it's really supportive of economic growth. I think that's appropriate, you know, given, as I said earlier, we're forecasting around a 50% contraction in GDP in the second quarter. And of course, in the third quarter, we're not looking for a rebound of the same magnitude. We're looking for a much weaker rebound, you know, possibly of closer to about 16%. And of course, moving into the fourth quarter, you know, um, first quarter of next year, you know, figures of maybe around 4 5%, it really indicates that we're not going to return to the real level of GDP activity experience at the end of um, last year before 2025. And of course, that really does indicate the need for an accommodative monetary stance. 2025. So you're looking five years ahead. Goodness me, that's quite bleak, Annabelle. It is. I think if you look at GDP, not in real terms, if you look at it um, in nominal terms, where it includes inflation, we return to the level of the last quarter of last year in 2023. But again, it takes, you know, a few years to recover. And indeed, you know, I think that was something that the um, United Nations has also um, echoed quite recently. But in general, you know, central banks around the world are warning that recovery is going to be slow. It's not going to be an immediate bounce back. This has been an incredible blow to the economy. And you and I, over the years, I've always said to you, Annabelle, we've got a very fragile domestic macroeconomic environment. And the last thing we need is an international shock. And of course, we've had that this year. So we're looking very vulnerable again, I think. We are. I mean, we, we were increasingly vulnerable over the course of the last decade. But of course, you know, this global um, recession that we've had this year, well, it's 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 much worse than what we've had in 2008-09, as we know. And it's going to really place us on a very weak footing going forward, you know, really erasing about five years of economic activity in real terms. And of course, most importantly, you know, really pushing up unemployment, killing off livelihoods of many people, you know, from a salary and wage pension payments point of view. You know, if you have a look at some of the data, even for June from the TransUnion Bank Serve um, Index, it really shows you a contraction of over 20% in those metrics, you know, p- uh, payments being made through the payment system um, to people for their pensions and salaries, showing that there's been a big loss in employment. And this is a huge blow that I think was very, very, very severe for the economy, but maybe not necessary either, because many economies have seen much lighter um, lockdown restrictions, less severe impact on the economic growth. And South Africa with such a youthful population in, in the first place, resulting in such a very low death ratio, has actually, you know, escaped 
quite well from the COVID-19 pandemic versus many other regions and countries around the world. So I, I would argue the lockdown restrictions have been too severe for us. Annabelle, that's for another time. But thank you very much for your analysis on the CPI. That's Annabelle Bishop, who's the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.